Welcome back. Hi, welcome to the Better Than Nothing podcast. My name is Miranda. My name is Rachel. We, wait, will this release? No, this goes out tomorrow. Friday. Friday. Mm -hmm. This goes out tomorrow, but we are celebrating with y'all Miranda's 28th birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Can my birthday like, coming a up. Do, do, do. I'll like try, a... but did you hear it the last time? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, see so if you can add it. Anyways, your timing needs to be on. on I car. was, it was bad. The whole thing, it was a wreck. I don't know what to do about it. I am not convinced we're going to be on this platform on the, what we use to record for much longer. Because I'm going to take a look and see what I can find. Okay. I, uh, I'm not, not a impressed. Fan. I'm not impressed. No. Um, we'll see if we can get better. If we can't, if this is as good as it gets, then it's as good as it gets. Yeah. I think it, it does the job for now. So anyways, this episode, we're just going to talk about uh, Miranda's birthday, some reflection points there. But before we do that, you have a story to share? First of all, I love the hat. Where did you get it? Oh. This is my friend Jess Barco's truck in Texas uh, hats line she's doing. So she's pressing, she's doing like trucker hats and pressing different um, logos and not logos, but like different, what are these called? Uh, I don't Patches. know. Patches? Like, like, yeah. So she's just making her own hats, her own trucker hats. Whoops. That's very cute. You wear trucking hats a lot, I've noticed. Uh, you think? Yeah, I feel like every time I see you in a hat, you're wearing a trucking hat. Is it your thing? I think they're easy. Um, plus, like, I try not to wash my hair more than twice a week, and you're catching me on hair wash day, so. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I washed my hair. No. Oh, Sunday, yeah. Saturday, something like that. Yeah. I I finally found clarifying shampoo, by the way. So I've been doing that on Sundays. What do you use? What I'll brand? have to send you what it is. I can't remember. Maybe like Odell or something. Mm, I've never heard of that. I use Kristen S. You like Kristen S's? I, it seems to be working. You have to follow up with a like deep conditioner. Like mm. that's uh, if you don't, your hair is just a mess. So okay. Yeah, yeah so I saw that Kristen that. had one, but I didn't know. She also has this, uh, what is it called? A gloss, and it is a high-quality gloss. Okay, that's good to so, know. Yeah, if uh, anybody feels like their ha- hair just feels like dull, and you're like, what am I, I need to go get my hair done, rather than getting it done, try a gloss at home and save yourself some money. That's such a good point, because I feel like especially for brunettes it's easy for your hair to feel dull like mm-hmm. you like this like blanket on top of your head when in reality which took me fucking 29 years to realize was that you just needed to like do a gloss or even just like because they do it at the salon like that's my maintenance my maintenance mm-hmm. is just going and getting a professional gloss done but even like you're saying at these home. products where you can do it at mm-hmm. home yeah yeah, they sell 
uh, all versions of it, like at Sally's. And it kind of like, you can also do um, something. So like if you have dark hair, you'll notice that your ends get really light through just being in the sun, whatever. And sometimes people like that. Sometimes people don't. I personally don't like it on myself. I don't like my ends getting that light. I want it to be a whole same, same. color. So you can do a colored gloss and it's not like a dye. It's just, uh, think of it as, oh, what is it? Like a toner almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Like I go in and she just tones me. It just brightens things up a little bit. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. So I would recommend those to those brunette babes. I'm not really well versed in blonde hair care because I've never mm-hmm. been blonde for longer than probably a year. And I was just angry taking care of it. So, yeah, I feel you on that. Okay, wait, get into your story. Okay, all right. I'm going to try and tell this without laughing because it's very funny to me, at least. So this was years ago. I I was living in probably, I think, Columbus at the time. And this guy that I'm working with, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, I have two tickets to Magic Mike premiere. I'm not really into that movie. Why don't you you know, why don't, do you want them? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's my boyfriend's at the time favorite movie. And I got it mixed up with that, uh, basketball movie, like Mike. He was probably like, what the fuck is she talking about? He looked at me. He was like, okay, uh, well, here's these tickets. And I'm like, thank you. And I never corrected him on that. And I went to my, uh, like former boyfriend at the time. And I was like, Hey, this guy is giving us tickets to magic. Mike, are you excited to go see it? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Miranda? <laughs> I don't remember you cross your, like, why did so, that... uh, Vito, my, my husband now, he was like, do you want to watch Mike? magic mike three and i'm like i didn't even know there was a second one and no i don't actually want to watch this and i told him that story and he was laughing and he's like well he was telling me that he had watched the first one and the second one by himself like recently and i was like Vito did yeah and he's he's a he has an affinity for dance movies like that's his okay loves a good old dance movie so I told him this story about that. And he's like, I don't see what's wrong with it. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's uh, this guy somewhere in the world thinking that oh, my boyfriend is just in love with Magic Mike. <laughs> and he's like, I wonder if he's really into you, Miranda. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Dude, I thought I was being so cool by giving my boyfriend these tickets. <laughs> embarrassing oh for sure yeah but yeah it's a simple mistake yeah for years i thought that the magic mike movie was um something no people kept like i i told Vito this and then i told my ex that and he was like they both were like are you talking i was like that michael jordan movie and they were like Looney Tunes? And I was like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> and apparently Michael Jordan was in a Looney Tunes movie and I didn't know that. Um, you, you're talking about like a very famous movie and I'm blanking on what it's called. Um, Space Jam, Miranda. <laughs> yeah. That's what they both said. I thought yeah. it was called Looney Tunes. 
No. <laughs> That's like a fa- really famous movie. <laughs> I'm not well-versed in movies, I guess. <laughs> That's alarming because we, I feel like, watched a lot growing up. So Most 90s kids were babysat by their TV, so this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember a lot of them, to be honest with you. So, yeah, that was my story. Um, it was Thanks very embarrassing. Sharing. I yeah, hope you well, guys we, like that. We appreciate it. Just don't mix up the like mic and magic mic. Easy. Uh-huh. Easy uh-huh. confusion and mix up. So, um, what else did I, was there anything I wanted to update anybody on? I don't think so. Right. You're still posting to TikTok. Yeah, I'm still consistent as hell with TikTok. That's great. If you're not following me there, please follow and, you know, support me. Or not support me. Um, Cheer me on. Cheer me on. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, support me too. I am trying to use my following tab more. That was uh, a different experience now, I see. Good. Now do you see my stuff? I do now, yeah. That's, I mean, life-changing, right? That's what I can talk about. I got a walking pad for um, Prime Day, and that is life-changing. If anyone is on the fence about getting a walking pad because you work from home and you want to get your steps in, or you live in Texas and it's 100 plus degrees every day and you don't want to take, I don't know, three to four showers every day, get a walking pad. Um, it's been super helpful in helping me get my steps in and just like, especially just, I think I'm noticing the effects of working from home, uh, sitting in a chair, at least like my hips are tight joints, things like that. I'm just noticing that I have to really pay attention more. I really don't want a hip replacement when I'm 40 years old. I want to be making sure that I'm like making sure I'm using my standing desk, my walking pad, even if like, like this podcast, something is better than nothing. Even if it's just like 30 minutes out of my work day, that's still better than what I was doing before, which was like, you know, not standing at all throughout mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. I want a walking pad and I just don't really know where to put it yet. So I really want one because you think that it's like easily accessible to walk outside, but like. With kids, it's so unpredictable, you know, and it's just inconvenient, I guess. It's hot and yeah. uncomfortable. And the kids complain about how hot it is too. So, yeah. We can get yeah. into today's topic because I feel like it's going to be a long one. Because there's a like, while. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot to go through. As soon as I started writing, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to stop. As Miranda posted on Instagram, just like talking about like her planning her birthday. And I thought she was like planning the year. And she had told me she wants to do like a podcast, like just going into her birthday, just, you know, things she's learned, things like that. And I was like, okay, well let's do, you know, two areas, two to three areas of growth that you've experienced. Cause she she even alluded to that in her post, just like I've, the girl I was six, the woman I was six months ago is not who I am today. Like I've experienced so much growth and I was like, okay, I would talk about those two to three things. I think there's, they're really profound and something that you should bring light to. And then also just challenge yourself in coming up with 
two to three areas of opportunity that you want to work on in this, you know, in your 28th year. So that is the, that was the task at hand for Miranda. And she came up with some really good points that I think a lot of people are going to connect with. And I'm so excited to hear you expand on them. So you go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. So I wasn't really sure where this was going when I started trying to plan this out. But the first thing that I want to point out is I really challenged myself this past year in facing all the fears that like, I, as soon as I felt myself being fearful of something, I was like, well, you know what? I, I just have to face it. Right. So I came up with some examples of like, I have always been terrified of wearing shorts all the time. Like this is just something that has plagued me my entire life of wearing, just wearing shorts, wearing rompers, all the things that show off my legs. And it's something that I don't even think twice about anymore. I just wear what it is that I want to wear. And of course, like I do have my limits of like comfort and I'm learning about the different types of shorts and what works for me and my body type. This is something that I wouldn't even like have thought would be possible. And it's really cool to, you know, we're going to come up on this trend is to reflect on where I was last year and like where I am now. So yeah, shorts, whatever I'm wearing them. I don't care. And another one is I've been going deeper into my mind to work on the really hard things. So this was me working on uh, like the self-hatred stuff that I have, uh, you know, talked about in the past. And it's, uh, it was a lot of work and it was really painful to dig in there. And I had to do a lot of uh, inner child love, uh, like digging into that. And I, some people, you've probably heard of that term before. And I had two and it was just something that I didn't really, I don't know how to explain it. I just didn't do it. And my therapist had uh, brought it up and we started working on it and I got a lot out of it. And it's, uh, it's really cool, you know? Yeah. Can we pause for a second? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a couple months ago you came to me and you were asking about like, how to lose fat in your legs, like how to slim them down. Like it was just an area where you were like, I'm just not confident with this body part. And that was just a f short few months ago. And, you know, I had told you, like, I would investigate why that is still, why that's still a source spot for you. Um, and also just like learning to accept it. I challenge you to obviously talk with your therapist how do you feel now about that subject? Like you haven't brought it up to me. So considering the fact that you're wearing shorts, I'm assuming like you feel different about that now. So I'd like to just hear your thoughts on that. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so it, it, my thoughts are just kind of like, and I, I had a hard time wearing shorts to the gym. Like that was really my sore spot of like, I just want to be able to walk in there with shorts and just not think about it. And I thought that way of doing that was losing weight. Right. Yeah. And now I just put them on and well, before I had put on the shorts and I had, I bought myself one pair of shorts and I warmed the gym and I was like, wow, this really isn't as bad as I think that it is. And I, 
kind of like allowed it to, there, there's two things that have motivated it. It's like, this is going to sound terrible, but like I see of it as like a defense mechanism almost. So like if, uh, I feel like it kind of like keeps people from hitting on me and I, I don't know how to explain that. Like, no, okay. so if I'm wearing them and I'm like, dude, the only people that are going to say like anything to me or somebody that genuinely thinks I look good. And, uh, that's fine. Like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it deters people from hitting on me because I think that, uh, in my head, I'm like, you know, most people just don't like cellulite and they don't like the way it looks, blah, blah, blah. Right. I know that this yeah. is like a weird way of thinking, but I think of it as like a protective measure. Like, okay. I, I know it, it feels like reverse engineering kind of, I don't know. I, I really wish I could explain it, but I feel like it's just a way I protect myself. So another way that this has kind of motivated me is I keep wearing the shorts because I want people that look like me to feel the confidence to do it yeah. themselves. And I know that probably sounds like, a, what is it? A, a holier than thou, like, wow, well, you're self-righteous. So yeah. But I think that it's true that the more people that show that 96% of women have cellulite will mm -hmm. all collectively feel more comfortable in our bodies. And I think it's really important to just keep doing it. And uh, I, it gives me an opportunity to make really not great people feel uncomfortable. If so, you don't like looking at it, don't look at it. Yeah. Do you feel now, do you still feel like you want to lose weight or do you feel like this has helped you since facing your fears of wearing shorts and working with your therapist? Do you feel like, you know what, I am going to just work on accepting the body I'm in right now? That's exactly what's happened is I just kind of accepted where I, this is what I look like. Also what's, and you know, I don't really want to bring up my daughter, but she has such a similar body to mine. Mm -hmm. And the idea of me hating myself for what yes. I look like is a direct uh, line of hatred, I guess, to my daughter. And like, I can't imagine ever hating anything about her. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like <laughs> me accepting myself and setting up that example of my daughter doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I love that. That's powerful. She, these kids, man, they pay attention. They, they listen to those words you use mm -hmm. and they, do. they can feel it, you know? Um, yeah. I just cannot imagine my daughter ever feeling the way I have felt about yeah. my body and I will do anything to prevent that <laughs> because it it's just... <laughs> Hating yourself is just stealing everything from you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, yes. Go on to your next point. Sorry. I, it, this one kind of ties into the last one is pushing myself to self-love. Like, I mean, we're talking like uh, pushing it, putting myself into ex discomfort to achieve something. And that was kind of all of this was putting myself in very uncomfortable situations to grow. And I used to kind of like teeter on like only feeling, trying to only feel good. And 
you don't really grow in that discomfort is something that I have really not only just like, you know, heard from people saying, but like, I'm actively doing it. I am doing things to be uncomfortable. And yeah, when you get to a place where you seek out those opportunities that scare you and face it head on and look at it like, this is an opportunity for me to grow. It's like, it's just a whole different change in mindset, right? That's how you just, it changes how you approach those situations and how you can use it as a growth opportunity instead of something that's negative, right? And we will, there's a little uh, circle moment here that I can't wait to get to later. Yeah, that's cool. But, okay. So yeah, these were all the examples of, oh, my, my, my last one was to, I, I really pushed myself to be a better parent. And a lot of us can understand when I say we weren't parented very well because our parents didn't know how to parent because of this, think of this idea where you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're faced with parenting for the first time, you have nothing to reference. So you like are reflecting on your childhood and you're like, what would my parent do? And you're like, okay, I don't want to do that. So how do I address this? And it's looking, looking outward away from the way that you were raised is really hard because it's a perfect way to like, oh, this is what my parents did. And then you have to be very self-aware and understand that like, uh, clearly I didn't turn out that great in this area. So instead of doing this way of parenting, we're going to do this. And there's so many things that I've learned in terms of parenting that I've also applied to myself and like loving my inner child. So when I'm pushing myself to be a better parent and like the discomfort that I did with that was slowing down. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to not go a million miles an hour. Yeah. Like it is impossible sometimes, but once you start adapting it and like allowing things to be slower, Mm -hmm. your kids respond. I can't wait to talk more about parenting. Uh, So that's one way that I've, and then there was the allowing mistakes you know how hard it is to allow mistakes. Yeah, I bet. I and bet. Like the letting your kids make mistakes, it's hard. Like, and letting yourself make mistakes. Oh, for like, sure. We we are not preaching perfectionism. Like, come on, like that's a difficult thing to do. And uh, teaching. So this is a new one for me: is to be in a constant place of teaching. So like literally everything is a teaching moment if you think Mm -hmm. about it. So like waking up, starting breakfast, what are we making? We have to unload the dishwasher. We have to load the dishwasher. And that's where you turn to slowing down and not running like a million miles an hour and everything needs to be done immediately. So allowing my kid to grab a plate, crawl up on the stool and then put it away and then climb back down. So like things are slower. Yeah. But everything matter. Yes. And then take it like I'm I'm gonna go take my kids to go pay taxes, uh to the like the county taxes because and every year, like my kids are going to learn that like this is anyway, what this 
what I'm trying to say before I get too off the beaten path is like, this was uncomfortable to do because it didn't happen to me. Yeah. There, there was no learning. It was, Oh, my, our, all of our parents taught us obedience and that's not what we do in this house. And it's a lot of change and it's a different and it's scary and you're hoping that you're doing the best, but I know that I'm doing the best because I see how my kids interact with everybody and how they face the world and they have the most confidence. They are so well behaved and not because they're scared. It's just because they don't feel the need to do these crazy things because we're doing crazy things at home and it's okay. Yeah. I hope that's beautiful. I hope that all made sense there, folks, because I didn't mean to get so preachy on parenting. You're good. You have a couple of points on growth too, some other ones to share. So the learning boundaries on a functional level. Yeah. So I can explain what functional level means is what it looks like in practice. So we all have heard the term, I have boundaries. This is a boundary. This is a boundary. But like, what does it mean? What does it look like? How does it play out in a normal everyday setting? So that was challenging to learn. And I think a great way to start is, again, becoming self-aware and learning when you're wrong, I think is a great way to learn boundaries. So when somebody comes to you, because they have a boundary. So when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, this I didn't like, and rather than getting defensive, because it feels it's really easy to defend yourself and just argue. You just are like, man, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize how easy it is to do that. Uh, like not apologize is so much easier than it is to uh, apologize and like fess up when you're wrong. Like that shit's hard. Yeah. And do you feel like this, this is something that you have been able to do? In this last yeah. year is growing in this. Yeah. It's funny because I think that you brought up a situation to me, mainly about a friend, I think. Um, and you were setting boundaries with her. And I just was really, and you've done it with me. And I think for the first time I've seen you actually do that, um, especially with me. And I was, I gained so much respect for you since you did that. Uh, and I think that's what it truly at the end of the day, what it does, it just like for people who are like, you know, like intelligent individuals, like it is a moment for them to be like, Oh, you know what? Like she has a lot of respect for herself. I need to respect her too. Like she respects her time. She respects, you know, how she shows up and she expects me to do the same. And you're like, you know what? She is fucking right. Actually, I, those boundaries are important to her and they're going to be important to me. Yeah, it, I'm going to touch more on that too, but it is true that like boundaries are a, a, a pillar, like a supporting pillar in self-love because again, like you said, if you don't respect your, yourself and your boundaries, why would anybody else? Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's hard to identify how it works and what it looks like and how to do it and all that stuff, but it comes with time. You just have to keep practicing. And 
I'm going to get more on to that. Maybe I should get into it now, but no, it's coming up. It's uh, basically setting boundaries and not setting boundaries is you hiding from conflict and mm-hmm. hiding from conflict is so easy to do. So like an example would be like ghosting people. So like, say somebody pisses you off and, or like whatever. And this doesn't apply to everything because I do think that ghosting people probably like a dangerous person is probably a good thing. So yeah. <clears throat> aside from that example of dangerous folks, it's okay to ghost. Or, yeah. Anyway, well, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Stuffing feelings is an example of hiding from conflict. Acting like something isn't bothering you when it is, is a way of hiding from conflict. And anything that allows you to not address a situation head on is honestly, the way I see it is robbing you of a moment of growth. And every time that you address something, you grow like every single time. It's not just like, it's like a a practice, a muscle that you have to contract and learn. Addressing conflict in any setting and stating your boundaries is a way to grow. And this is something that I have only recently learned. And yes, you grow every time. That really hits for me, especially since what we just talked about this morning Um, I like came to Miranda and confided in her just about how I've been feeling about, um, alcohol lately. Like it's a, it's, this is a reoccurring theme for me. So it's definitely something that I was like, you know, I just always have this reoccurring theme. I've got some things coming up with friends that, you know, like I'm anticipating maybe some pushback and just the way that you're saying, like reframing it in my head, like I, facing it head on facing that conflict instead of just pleasing those individuals to avoid it is definitely mm-hmm. something I definitely still do. Um, and it, it actually in turn is I'm, yeah, I'm hurting myself just to make others feel better. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. So when, again, when you don't prioritize yourself, the only person that's affected in that situation is you. So why would you ever make it? Why would you ever put like compromise yourself? You need to love, you need to protect yourself in that way. Like you have to protect your boundaries. You can't just set them and then somebody can constantly step over them. What is, that's not a boundary that that's you telling somebody how to abuse you. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, I only learned how much addressing conflict can help you grow when I learned to um, address conflict with my sister that one time. And then from there on out, I was able to do it. Oh, I'm proud of you. I was so, when you address that with me, like I said, it gave me, I gained so much respect for you and it completely... I don't think we'd be where we are today without you doing that. Like that was a life changing, definitely relationship changing conversation that I'm like so proud of you for to this day. So I thank you. And I will say that not everybody's going to take your uh, head on, you know, conflict addressing very well. Not everybody's going to take it as well as my sister does 
or did or and expect that in to some yeah. degree to some degree i want you to go in with confidence right if you uh, if you take this and like learn from it like i want you to go with confidence that like everything's going to be fine and if somebody doesn't take it wrong or takes mm -hmm. it wrong and turns it into a a really toxic experience that is only a reflection of them yeah that is it i would also say that if you come at come to the table with because conflict like you know it, it can take many forms and it's not doesn't mean it's necessarily bad or anything like that but mm -hmm. um it's just addressing a situation i would say that if you come at it especially if you are the one that is facing it and you are letting it the individual know you can just kind of set the groundwork of just like hey i really care about you i care about this relationship uh, i'm coming at it i'm coming to you from a loving standpoint and i'm just giving you this feedback because it makes it makes me feel this way and you it, there's a way to address it without um lighting a attacking, fire yeah attacking an individual and um crit cr criticizing them instead of saying like and i learned this a lot with my um really like i studied like family studies and it's how the language you use is really important and placing mm -hmm. placing it on me right so if i'm the one trying to address something and the language i'm using is when this happens, I feel this, like using different statements to get your point across and saying, saying like, when you do this, you act crazy. You do this and you, you mess up our relationship. You do X, Y, Z using that you language is where things get really hairy. So trying to use very, trying to be really intentional with your language when you're addressing something, I think is huge too, and will really help um, have a better experience. I would say where it was very, yeah, right. Like our conversation was very productive. So, in, so <laughs> instead of having like a really, um, negative experience, yeah, you use will help. Yeah. And you're are spot on. And I think most people will accept it and it'll be fine. The conversation, however, there are some folks that just won't ever understand it. And that's what I'm trying to say is that like, if you're trying to set a boundary with somebody that is just in general, not a great person, it is a reflection on them, no matter how good you do of a job of explaining something and being, you know, hitting all the great points and being so non-confrontational. Some folks are just going to take it bad because that's just who they are. Just who they are. Yeah. I agree and it is not a reflection of you. And that is kind of like the what I learned this year, especially is that like, nobody, the way that people think of you is just means nothing. And like, I just, that is such a freeing feeling that you can't assume and you can't control everybody else is just out of your control. Even your own children, unfortunately, <laughs> everything yeah. is really out of your control and like allowing that to like live in your heart and understand it. And it's a good feeling to have, and it's a hard one to learn, 
especially for people that are people pleasers. Yes. It's a hard one to learn. Cool. Do you have anything else you want? I think you have one more to add for growth that you've seen in the last year. So this was just something that um, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's not my journey. Oh, sorry. This is something that I want to add. It's not my journey to speak more on, but more on. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, Is getting my husband to commit to therapy. It has been, even though like, it's not like my husband has like any like kind of issues or anything, but it's just allowed us to learn how to communicate. And it's just so good. So are you guys doing couples therapy or is he doing his own? Oh, no, okay. we're we not in couples therapy. He, uh, he sees a therapist and I see a therapist. He goes, we like alternate Mondays mm-hmm. and it's just so the thing about therapy is that the longer that you're in it, and this is just something that my therapist said to me last Monday was the longer that you're in it, the quantity of relationships that you have will go down, but the quality of relationship will go up. And like every month, at the end of, you know, every session and we're just able to understand each other in completely different ways. And the way that we talk with each other is so, uh, effective. Is that the word efficient? No, maybe effective was the word. We just, uh, it's productive, I guess. Yes. Productive. We hear each other. We're able to like reflect really well and being self-aware, like all these things that like you want to be. And it just goes, it just is so much more efficient when your partner is in therapy. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is, uh, I think it's it's a good point to bring up. It's, uh, it's definitely a game changer when we're all on the same page, I guess, because you will notice that you outgrow people. And I didn't want that to happen to Vito and I like, yeah. Um, we need to remember that we need to do an episode on therapy because like, I was just thinking of questions that, you know, people might have when we're having this discussion. So we need to make note of that. Yeah, we should. Um, as, as somebody that's been in it for like six years, you're more than welcome to like send a list or cause like there's people that are against therapy and yeah. I would challenge that there's a therapy, there's a type of therapy for everybody. Yeah. And I think more, it's just like, there's just questions I think some people would have, and I think it, we should do an episode on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I okay. love, love to do that. So, uh, that kind of like brings me to the end of like what I have learned this year. And that was basically again, all from therapy, just like really trying hard to get uncomfortable. That was just the goal this year. And I didn't realize it until honestly, the other day I was like showering and I was thinking like, so I had a friend that passed away last year and it was really challenging to go through that. And I'll say that like this person was the most incredibly supportive person in my life. And I didn't realize that. And I didn't, know that she was like that with every single person that she had met. And that was like this reoccurring theme of like, this person was just this incredible, supportive, loving, caring person. And 
it was like a week after when I was meeting all these people and I had decided at that moment. So that was what, like February, May of last year that I, I wanted to be that person for everybody that I met. And I was thinking again in the shower, how proud that person would be of me today. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that I could have been the person that I am today for her then. And yeah, that's some deep shit. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, the first time I thought of it, I was bawling my eyes out. The second time that I talked about it with Vito, I was bawling my eyes out. So I, uh, I didn't cry today. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so moves. yeah, we're, um, we're, we're, we're growing, I guess, but it's a positive thing. I, you growing from grief is hard because it's really easy to just kind of like miss them, you know, and not try to learn something. And that's what I wanted to do was just, there was no way I was going to let this person pass without something good coming from it. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, I think that's kind of. It takes us really into like your wrap up of 28 or 27 and. That's a really productive year, Miranda. You should be really proud of yourself. I'm so Dude. proud of you. Dude, the act of reflecting that I need all of you to do, I want everybody to reflect on how far they've came, came how far how far yeah. you've gone in your life. There's just, there's so many people, like I can think of one person, uh, my childhood friend, I texted her the other day and I I was like, have you ever looked back on how far you've come in your life? Because she's currently practicing law. And it's like, do you even know how cool you are? So I need all of you to reflect at like how far we have made it in life. Like, dude, it's, it's just all so cool when you look at it like that. I know. I uh, did that like last year going through journals, like my dreams journals. And you, when you read through and you're like, oh, I made that a reality. I made this a reality. I made this. And it's just really cool to reflect on. Yeah. So it is. It's such a good feeling to be in a place of like, or you just have to do it because I know everybody's made steps. So like, look back and be like, wow, look at you. Look at you growing queen. So I think you did an awesome job walking us through the growth you experienced in the last year, how far you've come now to round us all out. What are you planning to work on in this next year? I, so I came up with a few things. Cause like, honestly, once I got started, I couldn't stop. Okay. So <laughs> I want to continue on the path of growing my community and like growing the people around me and like, actively searching for these genuine, beautiful souls that I know exist. I just got to find them. And yeah, that I, I can't stop now. Now that I have made one friend and two and three, I am not going to stop. I'm collecting them all. Like I'm Ash Ketchum. One of growth for you too. I would say it was like developing friendships. I'm really proud of you for that. Yeah. That was a part of like facing my fears. I don't even think I touched on that, but this was, yeah. That was scary and it still is, but I'm much better now and it's cool. 
It, yeah. So the next one is navigating sobriety and just being okay with no alcohol. Like this is something that Rachel and I will probably do a podcast episode on. <clears throat> and I want to, like my ultimate goal is to go to a happy hour and not drink. Yeah. Like that's going to like kick my ass hard. <laughs> like, Are you easy. someone like has... Do you want to remove it completely? Or are you someone who wants to really learn true moderation? I want to, I want to challenge myself to be near alcohol and not drink at like, I would like to just be uncomfortably sober around people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you want to get to a point where like you're around alcohol and you don't feel you're like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I don't want, yeah, mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, going to be difficult because I thought Hard. I was good at navigating sobriety, but it was just because I didn't go places. Yeah. When you add that social element, and especially like, I think some people will re really connect with this. When you are in um, a sales driven role or a, um, a job that requires you to travel or you're meeting with clients, things like that, that can be difficult too. Like when you, there's plenty of alcohol, like it's also just something that's a part of like the sales culture. And when you aren't drinking and I just think of that's one example, it's, it's tough. Um, and then add the layer of like friends and outings and all of that. And yeah, there's a, it's it's just a delicate a dance. It is. And uh, luckily, what I've noticed about this, so it was like July of last year for like a few months, I didn't drink at all. Even like, even though I've been so sober before in the past, but I was like going out to places and not drinking. And mm -hmm. nobody questioned being sober. So I think the culture's changing. Like yeah. you can go out and like meet new people and you can be drinking your cranberry juice and Sprite. And like, nobody's going to be like, why are you sober? Excuse me. The culture's yeah. changing. And I like that because it, it, there's so many reasons that people couldn't be drinking. Maybe somebody's hiding a pregnancy. Maybe somebody's yeah. trying to get pregnant. Maybe somebody's on a medication that they just can't tell you Change. about because it's none of your fucking business at the end of the day. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And um, what was I going to freaking say about... Oh shoot! I and it destroys your plan. It, sorry, and it destroys your goals, physically speaking, because I want to make muscle gains. Yeah, and it's hard to grow muscles when you're poisoning your body. So. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing too. Like, I've got to find the study and the reference that when you, comparatively speaking, like if you come closer non-drinkers versus drinkers and women, mm -hmm. the drinkers are more likely to get cancer, specifically breast cancer than the non-drinkers. Mm -hmm. And that is something that for one, I am very conscious of because it does run in our family. And I've just been really thinking about, I've been really on this like longevity, especially going into 30. Like I just need to pay attention and it is poison, right? Like it is. Um, 
and and for me, I want to learn like true moderation um, and and being comfortable with that moderation because I can do it. It's hard and it's uncomfortable. I want it to be a, to a point where moderation is comfortable and it is my norm. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at now, but I wanted to take it a step further. Like I can go out and I can have my one or two drinks and I'm like, that's it. That's it. Like we're going home now. And like, that's like, that's it. Uh, But I want to just challenge myself to just being sober, I guess. I guess that is it. It doesn't sound very fun though. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, what was my next one? Uh, oh, this one. I I really want to hone this skill of, so like I can say I love you and who I am, but like I'll say it and I really don't believe it, right? Like, Wait, as in like to yourself? Yes. So like hmm. when I say, uh, I'm not talking physically here, I'm talking all up here. Uh, I, cause like a lot of the time I'm absolutely convinced that I am Ted Bundy's spawn and like, I'm not like, uh, I'm not, I'll like literally be sitting here. Like you're the worst person in the world when like, literally like, like Miranda, come on, like fucking be fucking together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like in that moment, I'm absolutely convinced that uh, there's nobody worse than me. And of course, like these moments are getting fewer and fewer and fewer, but like, I really want to accept that, like, I am a good person and I just honestly just do interact with people that aren't great. It's not mm-hmm. me. It's just the people that I interact with that are not the best people in the world. So this one's going to be a tough one for me, but I think I'll, I'll get it down eventually. And yeah, just understanding and believing that like, I am a, a, I'm a good person and I've done a lot of growing and I, I'm not, a, I'm not that terrible person, you know? Yeah. Um, this was one that I wrote in my journal, um, a long time ago. And I remember writing down th- that I didn't like the person that I was and mm-hmm when you've reached a point where you actually like the person that you show up, you're authentic to you and your truth. And, uh, I think that's when you get to the point where you're like, no, nah, I'm pretty fucking cool. You know? So, yeah, I, I want to be a, somebody that's like, I'm a cool person, but like, I'm not a, a, a I'm not cool because I have an aesthetic social media. I'm cool uh-huh. just because I, have a really good heart and I just can't stop giving pieces of my heart away. Yeah. You show up for people, you listen, there are qualities about you. You're generous. Like it's what's in your heart. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm just trying to actually like, it's one thing to come up with this list of qualities that I have. And then it's another thing to actually believe that like, Mm -hmm. like without a second thought, like, yeah, I'm a good fucking person. Yeah. That one. That's what I, like I will it. be working on this year. And then did I have another one? Yeah, you had one more. Oh, so this is a kind of previous stuff, but uh, learning and being in the practice of understanding that I can't predict the way that people react or assuming what people think or do. So like if somebody doesn't like me or I assume they don't like me, it's just not my problem. Yeah. It's not. 
and that you can apply that to yourself. So like, it's not your problem. If people don't like you, it has nothing to do with like, okay, like, and just being okay with it. That is what I will be working on this year is just like, not, 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 how do I, how do I phrase that in a clippable experience? <laughs> I just don't want, I don't want to assume how people are going to react and I don't want to try to predict it, like all that stuff. Like it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's something you and I talked about earlier. It's like. You can build up a situation in your head. Yeah, you can't control other people's. Like it's it's uncontrollable to you. So like why can you, you shouldn't be giving it any thought. That's like where anxiety breeds, right? Like Correct. So you sit there and you're thinking of all the ways that this situation can play out. And like probably none of it's going to be true. And the <laughs> one that turns out to be what happens is better than you could ever have imagined it would. So yeah. Why even stress about it? You can't fucking control it anyway. And that's where I'm at. It's just being at that point. Well, this was cool. I think it was, I think it's, I love that we have this recorded so we can reflect on it six months from now and even 12 months from now, because I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And I can't wait to see you really, I think this year is going to be really profound for you. And I'm excited to watch. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's like I'm Billie Eilish with Vogue, her reoccurring Vogue interviews. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for listening. Like, follow. We'll soon be on Apple, right? Oh, my gosh. It's taking forever, but yes, it's coming. But we're on Spotify. Yep. All right. Well, have a great weekend. Love you all. Send me a happy birthday. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye-bye.